Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. I want you guys to know how much I love you. I can't tell you the gratitude I have for all your support. We've touched so many lives because of this, and I'm so grateful for the guests that come on, and, and they're vulnerable, and they share their stories. And I'm also grateful for our sponsors. We've got um, Siegfried and Jensen. We've got Veracity Networks. We, uh, Wasatch Recovery is now a new uh uh, sponsor as well. And I'm just, I can't believe where we're at. We just hit 135,000 downloads and things are just cranking. And, and it's not because of me, it's because of these amazing guests that I have come on. And today is no different. Today we're joined by the program director at Reflections Recovery, Tracy Williams. Tracy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Yeah. You know, um, I heard Tracy's story, I guess it's been about six months ago, maybe, when you came here to Wasatch and you spoke to our clients here, and you're also a sponsor to one of our employees, and this person we were just talking about that you are a sponsor to, we were just talking about how she's just got a spring in her step, she's got light in her, you know, in her countenance, and she's just like loving life, and to see you smile about that, Tracy, is awesome, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, it's amazing to even hear, it just lights up my soul, it just makes you, you know, know that what you're doing today is on purpose. Yeah. You know, and has purpose. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me so happy. (laughs) And and I know after, you know, doing some research on you, and then obviously talking to this person who knows you really well, you do live your life on purpose. Yeah. And whereas before it wasn't so much so, but a little background on Tracy, um, she never would have believed that her life that she's living today would have ever been possible. She has over 20 years in, in her past uh, that she struggled with addiction, unhealthy relationships, trauma, abuse. She, uh, she lost her children. She and then ended up in prison. And, you know, and you obviously had these probably beliefs. There's no way you're going to have a better life. This is it, right? Oh, oh absolutely. Wow. Um, but but now, I mean, and it's it, you remind me, Tracy, of this of this statement, the greater the darkness, the greater the light. Oh, thank that, you. That's what you remind me of. And so, I mean, you've been through so much, and I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. She now does her best to live her life with 100% honesty. Um, she's been, uh, we just talked about over 11 years clean now. Yeah. So yeah. congratulations. <laughs> I remember hitting the double digits and thinking, I made it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you are a substance use disorder counselor and you got your bachelor's in psychology. Again, you probably thought that was out of reach or even possible. Absolutely. Right? Yes. But here you are. Yeah. And not only are you the program director, but you are an, you just influence lives for good, period. And so I just want people to hear your amazing story, but I'd like to start off, if you're okay, um, just tell us where you grew up and a little about your family and your childhood. I grew up, so I was born here in Utah. Okay. Um, moved to Arizona when I was pretty young. And um, so my brother was born here in Utah. I have a brother that's older by a year and three months, and I have a sister that's younger. Um, and we moved to Arizona. And that's that. I grew up there 
until I was in the sixth grade, till I was about 11. Okay. And then I moved to California, and then I moved to Idaho, and then I moved back to Utah, or back to Arizona. Back so. Okay. I grew up all over the place. You know, I moved a lot. Okay. I moved a lot as a kid after was my it, parents got divorced. Was that tough as a kid, you know, moving? Because I've heard that a lot where, because you're kids, you get comfortable with your friends, and all of a sudden, well, yeah. we're moving. Yeah. What I learned was not to get comfortable. Okay. Right? I, I became a yeah. chameleon, and I just mm. learned how not to be comfortable. Right. Because I never knew when something was going to change. Right. So. Did, uh, did, I mean, were you involved? Did you, did you play sports? Were you, did you play an instrument? Were you that type of person back I then? I absolutely or? was. Because <laughs> growing up, I believed that, um, I mean, and this started from a very, very young age where I did not feel um, worthy of being seen. Mm. That my presence was an annoyance or a burden. Right. I was born without a hip socket in my left leg. So mm. I had to wear a brace. So I was handicapped for the first three years of my life. I couldn't really? even walk. Okay. Um, I was in math resource and reading resource. And so what I learned to do at a pretty young age is to find acceptance. I wow. joined track. I played tetherball. I, you know was in the choir I was so I was always doing something outside myself to give myself the value that I lacked inside right wow or the worth you know so a lot of challenges right off the bat for you oh right off the bat <laughs> right yeah um well so did you feel like you had you know did you feel like a confident kid or did you like oh, you no. said you kind of faded into the background a little bit yeah but. I didn't I didn't speak out I didn't speak up Mm -hmm. um, I was not a confident kid. Everything I did, I did full of doubt and right. fear always right. because um, because of how I felt on the inside. I was worthless on the inside, and, and I just wasn't enough on the inside. And it seemed like no matter how, di how hard I tried to be something on the outside, mm -hmm. even though I was more accepted for those things, it was still difficult to feel confident in doing those things. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously, so that leads to certain things. And so you did some traveling or some moving, like as you said, yeah. and then you eventually found yourself back to Utah. How old were you when you when you found yourself back here in Utah? Oh, 20, 8 or 9, probably. Okay. Yeah, because my kids were already. Yeah, so. so older. It was, it was, yeah, when you were older. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where did you spend the bulk of your time? Which which state were you in? That's hard to say. Is that still hard to say? The bulk <laughs> of my time, um, I probably say between California and Arizona up until I came back here to, okay. to Utah. Gotcha. So um, I moved out of Arizona, like I said, when I was eleven. My parents got divorced. My dad was a was a raging alcoholic, mm. and he was just one of those horrible human beings as an alcoholic. Yeah. Very mean. Um, I just didn't belong there, and I knew I didn't belong there, and so I went to live with my mom, and um, that was in Van Nuys, California, Burbank area, you know, oh, yeah. then we moved to Glendale, then we moved to Lake Elsinore, then we moved to Temecula, and then we moved to Menifee, then we moved to, you know. Really? So just Yeah, because it was just me moving. and my mom, you know, yeah. and so um, I worked from the time I was 11, I've really? always worked. Really? Yeah, because my mom worked really hard to support us. And and so I worked for LDS Social Services where my grandmother was, and that gave me enough money to go to the YWCA and take gymnastics. And and so I just tried to stay busy. I'd go home and clean and cook and have stuff ready for my mom when she got home. And so I've always been uh, 
like self-sufficient yeah. essentially right learned at a very young age what that looked like wow yeah yeah hard, not only a bunch of challenges but you learned the value of hard work I oh, mean, yeah. and you almost had to yeah. right yeah here you are i mean 11 years old most kids are you know, watching TV or cartoons and yeah. playing in the backyard and you're working. <laughs> yeah, playing outside. Wow. Yeah, having friends, you know, and I had really good friends when I lived in Lake Elsinore, California, because I lived there for probably almost four years. And mm-hmm. so I had some really good friends in Lake Elsinore, but I didn't see my brother and sister, but once a year for two to three weeks out of the year. And so I felt like a single child. Yeah, I grew up away from you know, my yeah, siblings. Away from them, yeah. My dad had been remarried and I have a stepsister, but she's like a real sister because right. she was seven when she joined us. Oh, okay. You know, and we're like the four T's, Todd, Tracy, Tawny, Trish. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Wow. Well, um, thanks for sharing that part of your life. Yeah. You know, I, I, obviously we mentioned you have struggled with addiction or you did for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. When did that start? And just kind of maybe share, you know, just the story and what really led up to I mean, you lost your kids, you went to prison. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that story with us. I started using, I was a very good girl all through high school. My grandparents were like pillars to me Mm. and pillars of just how to be a good human being. And they were very involved in, in the LDS religion. And so I grew up pretty much in that. Even though my mom never went, even though my dad never went, I still went most of the time, which kept me pretty solid. Um, graduated as a virgin from high school, you know, like I was (laughs) a good girl. Yeah. But after high school, it's almost like some flip was switched. Mm -hmm. And um, I I had smoked weed in high school, especially on my senior class trip. We went to Hawaii. Okay. I had drank when I was in high school. And so, um, and once again, as a senior, okay, and and I graduated at 18, and so um, I had used prior to then, but it never was an issue. Um, then I got married. I met a guy on my summer vacation, and I ended up getting married because I got pregnant. And I swore I never would ever get pregnant. You know, I had yeah. plans to work for Delta Airlines and fly all over the world, right? And have a okay, penthouse right. suite yeah. in Monterey <laughs> and one, in, yeah. you know? And so I had these grandeur plans and I just knew that I wasn't going to want children when I first got out of school. Right. Or I mean, yeah, out of school. And, um, but I got pregnant. My dad forced me into a marriage that I didn't want to mm. be in. Yeah. You know, he said, I won't have a bastard child in my family. You know, if you don't marry him, you're not my daughter. And I already struggled with acceptance from my dad. You know, my dad was very hard for me. I never felt loved by my father or accepted by my father or that I was good enough for him. I never measured up. And and so I got married. And this man that I married smoked weed all the time. And so then it was smoking pot. And then we were drinking all the time and playing Mm -hmm. all these drinking games. And and then that was a very, my first relationship was abuse. It was nothing, it was abuse, like physical abuse, you know, and, and so that's my first experience being with a man. So right out of high school, I get pregnant. So everything I valued and believed in and loved about what I wanted for my life, even though I struggled with feeling like I was enough, yeah, all that did was solidify that, okay, Tracy, you're not, obviously you can't do the next right thing. You can't make good choices. You can't, you can't, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's tough. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, you had, you know, 
struggling with your dad and the way he was treating you and the family because of his alcoholism and you know how abusive that was and then here's that same guy telling you to get into this unhealthy relationship you got to marry this guy and then you're thinking is this what you're probably thinking is this what marriage looks like is this what relationships are yeah right yeah can imagine how that was just really conflicting for you yeah you know and i didn't have a a real good example of relationships you know, my mom was in and out of relationships after my father, you know, right. and I don't remember my childhood really before I'm 11, before leaving my dad. I really don't have any memory of that. And okay. it was just the relationship between, I guess it just wasn't worth, uh, I don't know, one day it might pop back up. I pray it never does. Yeah, right. But, you know. Um, <laughs> I understand. But yeah, I didn't really have a good role model for relationships. I didn't yeah. even know what that was going to look like. And so, yeah, to be in this relationship and scared before I even started, yeah, you know, yeah, it was, it was really difficult. Well, you and I see this all the time in treatment where, I mean, probably one of the main reasons people relapse is they get into these unhealthy or go back to a oh, toxic yeah. relationship, Horrible. right? Yeah. And it's just like, it never works, right? And no, so, it never will. So as you're in this relationship that's not healthy, you know, you said you guys are smoking and drinking and playing drinking games and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So, pick up from there and then what did that where did it lead to and then how did you well so the abuse just made it worse yeah okay and so um i ended up my daughter was three months old i my dad i went to my dad asked for help help me get out of this marriage he said i'm sorry honey a woman's place is with her husband Mm. so i ended up leaving him literally in the middle of the night and went to california my mom was living in california at the time and um went to california well in California, I went back to I went to school at ITT Tech. Hmm. I was in math resource and reading resource all through school. Really? Okay. That made it really difficult for me to have any more self worth. Right. Right, because I couldn't even read correctly, and I couldn't write correctly, and I couldn't do math at all. And so, what was I thinking going into ITT Tech as a computer <laughs> programmer? You know, what yeah. was I possibly thinking? And so, I'm working full time now at my mom's. Mm-hmm. And I went to school, and I was struggling in school, and I went to a um, study group after school that I was invited to, and that's where I was first introdu- introduced to Crank. Mm. And I felt like I had put on some magic cape. Right. And that's all it took for me. I did that. I snorted a line of Crank, and that cape became my shield. Right. You know, shield of, oh, you can do anything, Tracy. It's all right. You can get through this. Look at all yeah. this energy. You know, I ended up six months later dropping out of school, losing my job. And the next thing I know, my mom and I were fighting and I get kicked out basically and I'm living in a trap house. I didn't even know, Todd, what a trap house was. I didn't yeah. know what it was like doing drugs all yeah. the time. I didn't know what I was giving up or the shame and the despair that came with that and and when that came my mom came to where I was and fist fought to get my daughter out of my arms and took her from me and really yeah and I I thought well I can't even be a mom right I can't do anything right I can't go to school I can't do anything right I can't be married I can't 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 you know right and um, and that started the cycle of my use and um, I just I I 
I learned what it was like. I thought it was just on the shows, on TV shows, where only things like this could possibly exist on TV. Right, you know? like they over-dramatize it. Yeah. They, it's, but then here you are living it yeah. all and of a sudden, right? You're yeah, like, exactly. And it's not over-dramatized. You yeah. know, I, uh, I was in the pit of despair. I'd been raped, you oh, know, man. and living on the street, just trying to figure out how to survive, how to get out of what I... How old are you at this point when you're in that trap house and 19? Whoa, man. 19. Um, yeah, because I got got married like literally right out of high school. Mm -hmm. Because I got pregnant right out of high school, got married right out of high school, left him when I was 19. This all happened within that year where I, you know, everything changed for me and. I called my mom up and I was like, mom, I need help. I can't, I can't do this. I miss my daughter. And, yeah. um, and so I picked up, cleaned up for a little while, mm-hmm. moved, got my, moved back to Arizona. And within three months, so I was allowed to get my daughter back. I was working two jobs. What do I do? I go to work. I know what it means to go to work. So I went right. to work and, um, got a couple of jobs, got my place, got my daughter back. And it wasn't much, and it took some time, actually. The, one of the companies I worked for, which was pretty freaking cool, was they kept wondering why I kept falling asleep at the desk, you know? Right. And um, come to find out, I got called into the office of the manager, and he's like, we're all in recovery. You know, we understand what you're going we're through. You going can on. be honest, you know, yeah. you can tell us what's going on. And that support in the beginning was amazing. That is amazing. But I, my, one of my yeah. second jobs was working at a bar. <laughs> you know, as yeah. a bartender and cause now I'm 20, mm-hmm. 21 and yeah. And then I met another guy and, um, I was smoking weed. I was still drinking. I was using crank still, um, putting myself around shady people, Yeah, gotten involved in, a, in this, another relationship. And that was horribly abusive, mm. horribly abusive. And I was told I would never be able to have kids again after my daughter because um, the abuse in that relationship put a hole in the embryo sac. Okay. And like I almost lost her. I was hospitalized for really? a while. Yeah. And well, yeah. then I ended up getting pregnant, having a miscarriage, pregnant, having a miscarriage, pre- pregnant, having a miscarriage from this other guy. God was trying to say something, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. one of them stuck. And now I'm a single mom because I left him. He was abusive. My dad wouldn't help me, you know, and so I just have this history. Yeah. And I was going to put my son up for adoption, but I ended up keeping him, cleaning up and keeping him. And yeah. uh, so I have bouts of cleaning up. Yeah. Right. At, yeah. at different times. Different times in your life. Yeah. But all just this. not. Yeah. But just not being able to, to stay right. Right. So at this point, you have both kids. Mm-hmm. You're single mm-hmm. and probably feeling like, I mean, I can't even, I mean, you probably think back on that now. How did you do it, right? You know what I mean? Like, how did you even make it to the next day? Yeah. Almost, right? Yeah. And yeah. here you are now doing such amazing things, Tracy. Um, so what led up to you going to prison? What? How did that come about? So I had been in and out of horrible relationships, abuse, you know, and just... I kept thinking that everything outside of me was going to fix what was wrong with mm-hmm. the inside of me. Yeah. You know, I it didn't stop as I grew up. It just continued to 
um, be my solution. If it wasn't going to be a sport, it was going to be a man. If it wasn't going to be a man, of course it was going to be my kids. If it's not yeah. going to be my kids, it's going to be, let's try this new drug or <laughs> let's try this new thing. Right. You yeah. know, and so I just couldn't keep it right. And so, um, I don't know how just to jump to that place, but I um, had lost my kids at this time a couple of times, and by the third time, they left me. My daughter couch surfed. Okay. You know, to so stay they were away just from done me. with the. They were done. What was going me. on? Yeah, they were done with me, and by by all rights, they should have been. Yeah. You know, because I just drug them through yeah. so much. And, um, how old was how old was your daughter when she left you? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, she was sixteen, and my son was twelve. And yeah, my daughter couch surfed, ended up living at my uncle's house, honestly. And then my mm. son, even though they have a dad, they call dad. My daughter has never met her dad. Well, she met him a couple of times in her all of her years of growing up. Okay. My son has never met his dad because I left him before. Right. And um. But there was a man that I dated briefly for a little while that my kids fell in love with and he fell in love with them. And he's just been a constant presence in their life, even though I never was. Okay. And he, they call him dad. Call him dad. Yeah. So my son went to live with him, but I was probably, I never got my first charge. Okay. Till I was 38. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But once I got my first charge, so I had, like I said, I had bouts of clean time and then I would I would just work and I would do, I would excel at work and then I would self-sabotage and get in another bad relationship. And, mm -hmm. and I just, oh God, I just couldn't ever get it right. Yeah. And I ended up um, going to jail for a DUI and I had meth, coke, marijuana, and alcohol in my system. And um, my first charge was a felony DUI. Mm that I ever had and within like 11 months of that felony DUI going to jail I caught a, a lot more charges sure yeah driving on a suspended theft forgery um, paraphernalia charges every time I got pulled over the dogs were called you know I just uh, ended up being that person and I ended they knew up, who you were at this yeah, point yeah hey, we just pulled Tracy over again yeah yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, my son was so desperate at one time to save his mom that he would take pictures of my paraphernalia when he would find it and he would take it to the police station and beg them to help him really save me. Yeah. Oh my I learned goodness. this later on. Later on. Yeah. How old was he at that time? Do you know? 14, 15, oh probably. So here 16. he is seeing you suffering and struggling. And he's probably like, okay, I'm going to go get, hopefully get her arrested. So this will stop. Yeah. Yeah. And Man. my son, my children loved me because when I'm right, I'm right. Sure. You know, and they know who their mom is, you know, but yeah. they couldn't accept. I couldn't accept who I had become. Yeah. And the worse I did and the more I kept failing and the more I kept failing, the, the less I tried yeah. to fight because I just felt like it was an unending battle and why keep trying like, yeah sure honestly going to prison i couldn't get clean i was in the door program i was in the drug court you mm -hmm. know i was on drug court i failed those programs i my daughter was pregnant with her grandson my first grandson and i wasn't there for her she didn't want me anything um, anywhere around right. him 
Um, I was high when she got married. Um, I wasn't high, but I was still using when she got married. Right, just yeah. not that for those hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, anyway, and so going to prison literally saved my life. And in the process of this Ooh. clean time, in the process of this clean time, I um, left the church. Obviously, I left the church. <laughs> uh, I stopped believing that, you know, that God was for me. And I left yeah. the church. And then I, at one point, got baptized Catholic, thinking, okay, well, this church will work for me. Maybe that God will work, yeah. you know. And then I got baptized Christian. Well, maybe this God will work for me. I was, like I said, I was always searching for something, something. to save me yeah. from myself. Right. And um, the most, the least likely place to find it, I found it. And that was, that was in prison. Yeah, that really hit me hard when you said prison saved my life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, but all the things, what's going to save your life? Yeah. You know, you, you know, all these other things you're talking about, but then, but it yeah. was prison. Yeah. So what happened in prison? I mean, and, and if you don't mind sharing that part of it. So just before I went to prison, this part always makes me emotional, but my aunt worked for Weber County Drug Court. Okay. And she was always my advocate. And she said to me, or told my mom and my my kids, you need to go see your mom before she goes to prison. So they showed up for me about a week before I went to prison. I never, it was such a shock just to have them show up. Because right. my son by this time was like, don't you call me. Don't you talk to me. I hate you. Man. I don't trust you. Mm -hmm. My daughter didn't want anything to do with me because she couldn't trust me with her family. Like my kids have had disowned me. Of course, that's how, that's what we do. We alienate ourselves from everyone that loves Absolutely. us. Absolutely, yeah. We disconnect. We disconnect, yep. right? It's better. It's better this way, exactly, right? How do yeah. we show up our, with our shame as a badge on our sleeve? Right. And um, anyway, and so I went to prison knowing that my daughter was pregnant with her second baby. Man. And there again, I'm not going to be there. Not going to be there again. She didn't even want me to know, but my aunt blurted it out. And so what happened when I got to pride, nothing left. I had nothing and I had no one. I had to die to myself. Does that make sense? I had yeah. to like bury my old thinking, my old beliefs. You know, I had to bury who I was yeah. essentially to be, to be made into the person that I get to be today. Yeah. And that was like wow. one of the hardest lessons I ever had. And, and I don't think I could have done that. In fact, I know I couldn't have done that if I hadn't found the God of my understanding. Yeah. On my knees, in my cell, crying out for help. You know how we have those foxhole prayers where you yeah. just hit your knees and, God, yeah. if you do this for me, I promise, yeah. I just promise I'll never do this again, you know? Yeah. And hitting my, hitting my knees in that foxhole prayer type thing. But the difference between this prayer and all of those foxhole crying prayers was I had to have something bigger than me because... Yeah. Look where I had gotten. Yeah, I have hit the it, the epitome. I just wish I would have been di died instead of gone there. Right. Right. Yeah. My kids didn't yeah. even talk about me. Who do you talk to? Yeah. Oh yeah, my mom's great. She's in prison. She's you know? in prison. Yeah. She this is the life that she's always had for me. You know, yeah. this is what she's done. You know. My goodness. And um, I found a, I found a God of my understanding, and in that process, like I said, go to work. Going to work has always been the thing that I just go and do. Just go to work, Tracy. That'll yeah. fix everything. Yeah. And that's what I did within my first 
So the interesting thing is that when God started showing up, he showed up big. Can I, can I talk about Yeah, absolutely. This, you yeah, know, please. Because I had a belief in the beginning that God was a condemning God. Mm-hmm. Like I had failed him. I will never yeah. be able to make up for what I've done. I am sinless or sinful and I will never not be. And then, um, but I've experienced his presence in everything that I've sought him yeah. for. Okay. But the presence that I experienced on my knees in prison was a relationship that I was able to have with just him and I. And I trusted that relationship because of how he started showing up for me. Because when yeah. I went to prison, I went right into R&O. I was supposed to go mm. into population. Okay. But instead of going into population, I went to treatment. Yeah. In prison. In prison. You know, and um, and everybody was blown away. You don't belong here. They tried to send me out and <laughs> send me to a different building. Seriously? And then they sent me back to that building, <laughs> you know, and... And so I, I belonged there. And yeah. um, for the first time in my life, I understood because I was with women just like me that were just as broken as I was. And want that I didn't feel like I was in a place by myself, even though I felt alone. If that makes sense. Yes. And I, start to un- I started to understand being in an Excel program, the disease. And the hopelessness and the helplessness and the hope. Actually, I started to feel hope in a hopeless place. I started to feel light in in the darkest place. Yeah. If that makes sense, you know. For sure, hundred percent. And um, I just determined that no matter what it took, I was never going to come back there. I was never going to go back. Never going to go back, because I couldn't go back. Yeah. I couldn't go back. There was, even when I think about it now in my life, picking up anything and making that mistake and the idea that it'll take me back, oh, that is just, it terrifies me Yeah. where I had gotten. Because those relationships that I had been, they just solidified my lack of self-worth and my lack of self-love. They just solidified all of those beliefs. I grew up believing that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't worthy, that I was a mistake, that... I was stupid that I was not to be heard, you know, that I was meant to be seen, you know, and I, and I put myself in relationships like that constantly. And for the first time in my life, I was faced with myself. Just you, man, that is powerful. Yeah. Wow. How long did you end up staying in prison? 15 months. 15 months. Mm -hmm which probably felt like an eternity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can't imagine two or three nights there, let alone, you know. Yeah. So crazy thing. A week before I went to the board, I was called to go. I guess I had court. Williams, you got court. Get ready. And I was like, what in the world? I went to court a week before prison and the felony DUI, the very first charge I ever got was dropped to a class A misdemeanor. Mm. And so I ended up being in prison on one charge a forgery charge okay on one zero to five Hmm. a week before i went to the board really yeah no way i was told that that board member would be like the worst one i would see you Mm -hmm. know and um oh just can i can i tell you a quick story i don't know if we have time no we got time we're good um you're doing great (laughs) excuse me no you're good but a week the night before i went to the board 
You know, I was just in prayer. God, I don't know what your plan is for me. I'm just going to trust you. Because by this time I've had his experience. So I was just, I'm going to trust you. Whatever it is, if I'm here for a year, if I'm here for five, if I'm here for three, whatever that looks like, I'm just going to trust you. And I was terrified. So the night before I went, I had a dream that I was this little girl and I was cute, you know, and my hair was all in curls and (laughs) I was in this little blue dress with black shiny shoes. Uh But I was in a, I call it a space because there was no floor, there was no ceiling, there were no walls. It was just all white. Yeah. It was just all white. And walking towards me was this huge lion. I'm about six years old and I'm terrified. I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm trembling, like trembling. Like even speaking about it today, I can feel the little girl trembling, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And as that lion got closer, I just felt like helpless. You know, the monster was coming for me. Here it comes, nothing I can do. Nothing I can do, I'm all alone. Man. And just as the lion got to me, it turned around and it sat in front of me. I stopped crying. And I knew in that moment, I was okay. I believed that God was trying to tell me that he's always been there. I left that little girl behind a long, 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 long time ago. And so the next day, I kid you not, that lion was at my left side, plain as day in my mind's eye. Plain as day, as I was getting shackled, put on the bus, taken over to the other building, walking what I call the green mile, which was just the long hallway to get down into the board, you know, shackled and chained. That lion was on my left side. I go sit down in that chair. The lion sat to my left side. And the first thing the board member says to me is, Miss Williams, welcome. I'm looking over your file. He said, I don't understand. Did Did you have a crossroads in your life? Why am I seeing you? At this point in your life, what happened to you? He offered me termination, and I begged him not to terminate me because I was terrified to get off paper, terrified right. to be not be accountable. Wow. You know, and mm-hmm. um, he said, Miss Williams, I don't think you're hearing me. I'm offering you termination. So when I walked out of those doors, I walked out a free woman. A, a second chance was given to me by God. You know, by, I gave myself a second chance in believing that there was something greater than me and a greater purpose. And I trusted that purpose because mm-hmm. what was greater than me made it clear to me that it wasn't there. Yeah. By the way, the things just are, do you know? Yeah, right. How they just showed up. They just showed up. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Do you know, I went and shared my story. I never thought I'd ever go back in there, right? (laughs) told myself I would never go back, but Uh I ended up going back and sharing my story to the very women that were just like me 10 years later. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It was crazy. Wow. Going back and talking. Thanks for sharing that. And I I can visualize that dream you were having. And and as soon as you said the lion sat, sat down and turned around in front of you, it was almost like, I'm looking ahead and I'm going to protect anything that's going to come your way now. Yes. That's what I, you know, I, but you yes. explained it better than I'm saying it, but that's what I was like, whoa. Yeah. That really hit me hard, Tracy. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, I know. Um, I have this because of it. Oh, right on. Okay. She's showing me her, she's got a tattoo on her right forearm that says strength 
And beauty. And beauty. And yeah. it's got a picture of a lion. That's awesome. Yeah. Very. Thank you. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> um, you know, I want to say something because, you know, you shared this with me um, earlier today. You work hard and you set your mind and you've kept it set and you've never looked back. Yeah. Right? And as yeah. long as you continue to do those things one day at a time, one moment at a time sometimes, right? Yeah. To doing the next right thing. Yeah. So that's really what you're doing now. Yes. You know, we, we mentioned that you're the program director at Reflections Recovery yeah. Treatment Center. And you, this is what you do all day long. I mean, uh, just so you guys know, Tracy's like, when are we done? I've got to go do a group. She's going to go <laughs> process people and help them. And this is her life now. Yeah. So now that you just give back all day, every day. And so day, tell us day. a little bit about what does a day look like for you now? Um, <laughs> I just want to preface too, if you don't mind, no, and then I'll please, answer that question. Please. Six months after getting out of prison, I got a job working in treatment and I've never stopped. And it's been, it's just, I've just been grown from <laughs> one place to another place to another place. Went back to yeah. school at the age of 45, you know, yeah. didn't get out of prison till I was 44. Oh my um, gosh. yeah, yeah. So I went back to school at 45 took me seven years to get my bachelor's degree, <laughs> but um, I've also gone back to school um, to get, well, I'm certified as an interventionist. Oh, really? So awesome. I can do that. I am certified as a, it's called a sober companion, yeah. um, safe transport, yep. case manager. And so I can do all of those things. I've started my own business kind of thing on the side. It's not real big yet, but I haven't really stepped fully into doing that yet, but it's called Warriors for Recovery because Ooh. I'm a warrior. I believe that I've been created and saved and that I, I wield a sword in the fight against addiction to save people from from that darkness and despair. Yeah. And that is what forces, that's what keeps me empowered, you know, where I wake up every day grateful for the day. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I get overwhelmed and sometimes I get like, I can't do this anymore. It's too much for me. I yeah. can't watch one more person die. I can't, yeah, I, I can't know. keep doing this. But then, you know, God's like, yes, you can. I've yeah. got you. I'm here for you. Yeah. You've got all that you need. Yeah. You know, and so my day I wake up and I get ready and I have my coffee and I say my morning prayers and, yeah. you know, and I do my dailies and I just That's give awesome. everything, everything I think, say and do God may, may it represent you wow. because I don't I know. That. I don't know. Right. But my belief system is not the same. Who I was then is not who I am now. Oh yeah, I can feel I, your passion and power right now. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know my value. I know my worth. I yeah. love who I am today. Wow. And I <clears throat> never thought that that would be possible. You know, and that is the greatest gift I've ever been given. And I was able to, through the help of other people, places, and things in my higher power, I was able to achieve that status within myself. You know, and... um that doesn't mean I don't struggle with doubt. Sure. But I'll tell you what, I'd rather struggle with the doubt that I have today than the fear I lived with for wow. over 40 yeah, years. For sure. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> and so I I get to go to work and I get to be a person of influence. I get to be more yeah. than I even recognize because God is doing more through me. Does that yeah, make sense? Absolutely. makes perfect sense. And I sense. just trust him to just, I just want to be that, 
vessel where God just continues to save lives. We're meant to be his hands and feet. You know, God shows up for us through other people and his timing is never late. God is never late and he is never wrong. And he puts the right people in the right place at the right time every single time. And I can't say it enough. And if you don't believe me, try it. You know, (laughs) that's my challenge to people. Oh, you don't believe in, you know, well, try it. Yeah. Try it for six months. Try it for three. If it doesn't work for you. Put it to the test. Right. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. What's the challenge? But there you you just said it perfectly. There it is. Because you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. You know, and until you do. Yeah. You never will. Wow. You know, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm so one of the things I fully believe in, mm-hmm. and I I teach this to my family, my clients, is that addiction or you can put adversity is the wake up call to our greatness. Yeah. And here I'm sitting here looking at you, feeling your passion, seeing how much you love this, your emotional, and what you doing today. I mean, all of that stuff you went through. I mean, it's amazing you're even alive. Honestly, yeah. yes, it's it a is. miracle. It is. But here you are. Look what you get to do now. Yeah. And had you not gone through that, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be this powerful influence for good today. Yeah. So I just see greatness. Yeah, I you. really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know that it's actually possible for me to sit here and talk. Right. Openly. If, you know? Yeah. Because I, yeah. yeah, now I have a voice. I trust my voice. Yeah. I get to have one today. Yeah. You know, I get to yeah. show up. It's beautiful. And suit up, you know, today. Yeah. It is. It's amazing. It is <laughs> it's amazing. It's fabulous. And my kids. Yeah. Oh, gosh, they love me. Yeah. I get, I have four grandkids now. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. That's and awesome. I get, I get all of them in my life. You know, yeah. I own my own home. I, I have things I never, ever dreamed I'd have. And I'm doing things I never ever dreamed I would, right. you know, and um, I and it. I still make mistakes. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know yeah. the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Do you know what a def- different definition is? Insanity is doing something different, expecting the same results. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you're willing to just keep to doing something it. different, yeah. just be willing to do something different. Take those suggestions. Yeah. You will never have what you've always had. You will yeah. have something you've never dreamed you could yeah. have. Yeah. Wow. Very well said. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Well, Tracy, you're you're amazing. I, I can't thank you enough for being willing to come share your story with us today. Thank you so much yeah. for this opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. I needed this just as much. Well, thank you. And you're you're an answer to my prayer today. I want you to know that. Thank you. Truly. And I'm sure people who are listening to this are saying the same thing. Thank you. If, if someone's listening to this right now and they want to reach out to you and, you know, get to know more what you're doing, especially this new business you're doing. And yeah. What's the best way for someone to get in contact with you? Probably just text me. Okay. I don't answer numbers I don't know. So if you just text me at eight, <laughs> do you want me to give my number? If you're okay with that. At 801-427-4139. I am more than willing to talk with whomever happens to pick up the phone and give me a call. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. what we do. Yep. We give back. That's, we are yep. God's hands and feet. We are meant to, we are not meant to do things alone. We are not meant to be alone. We are meant to be connected to other people. We are meant to be forgiven. You know, we are meant to love who we are. We are meant to share that love with other people. You know, we're meant to be yeah. so much more. Yeah. Wow. 
I love that. I couldn't agree more. And yeah, yeah you're you're amazing, Tracy. And and we're grateful that you're still alive. And I'm grateful that you're giving yeah. back. We're lucky to have you. I'm lucky to be sitting here with you today <laughs> and hearing it firsthand. Uh, so sorry, folks, you have to just listen to it. I get to see it in person. But yeah. uh, but your 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 story and your words and your passion and your love is going to help a lot of people. Yeah. So thank you so thank much. Thank you very much for doing this type of show yeah. to help to help others. Thank you. Yeah, I can see that your passion and your purpose yeah. is in this also. Thank so you. It's yeah. an honor. Yeah. We're, we're brothers and sisters in this thing for yes, sure. Yes, we are. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations to all your success. You. And uh, I'm here to help you in any way I can for anything down the road. You just let me know. And I mean that. Okay. Okay. Ditto. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Well, there you go, folks. I told you this was going to be another amazing story with another amazing person, Tracy Williams. Reach out to her. Send her a text. Ask her any questions. If you don't get a hold of her, reach out to me and I'll send it on to her. But uh, she's here to help people. I am too. And we love you. And we want to see you guys win. And if you have anyone who's struggling with anything, it doesn't even have to be addiction, send them this this episode let them listen to tracy's story because again the greater the darkness the greater the light that is my statement that's describes tracy to me thank you so much you're welcome all right folks until next time